Hey there, everybody. You are tuned into the Water Trio Astrology podcast, where I'm joined by my dear friends and colleagues, uh, Alicia Youssef and Kelly Surtees. You may also get a little kitty cat pose. She's just off screen right now. So we're going to be covering, oh, there she is. This is Reggie. Um, so we're going to be covering the astrology between uh, Monday, the 12th of October through until Sunday, the 25th. So we're kind of titling this show, you know, the Sun Gong Show Show because it's all <laughs> about the sun the, in this fortnight. So we're going to be covering a few of the highlights over the next two weeks and we're going to be starting, I believe, with the Sun Opposite Mars and the Mercury Station Retrograde. So who would like to start? Ah, uh, well, such an exciting <laughs> set of aspects. Uh, <laughs> Try not to keep too much dead air in the show, but uh, (laughs) I mean, I'll start with a couple of thoughts on the sun opposite Mars retro, which is happening October 13 in North America, October 14, I think, for Australia. And it'll be about 21 Libra where the sun is to 21 Aries where Mars is retrograde. The one good thing about this aspect is it means we're halfway through the Mars retrograde. So that is a great threshold to cross because if you're halfway through something, then you're starting to get closer to the end of that something. So that's great. Um, In terms of what it means for, I would say, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like the 12th, 13th, 14th, there is a level of volatility about in terms of, you know, uh, tempers boiling over or situations reaching that sort of combustion point Uh, It's an opposition aspect, which by its nature indicates, you know, that sort of face off or things being opposite you. You're going to see these things that are kind of disrupting or interrupting you perhaps, uh, but it definitely has a feeling of like friction or heat. Mm. Now, you might get really hot under the collar and you might get so frustrated that you blurt out a truth, like a bit of a foot in mouth kind of situation, and maybe it's better out than in but it certainly feels like it's not going to be a smooth couple of days. What do you guys think about this aspect? I think as well, you know, to add into the fieriness of this, we've got the sun in via combustor as well, Mm -hmm. you know, those degrees at the end of Libra, the beginning of um, Scorpio, that's literally the fiery way. So the sun is in a position where it's just not as comfortable and it's probably its worst position in the zodiac really. So there's this this sense of trying to find peace, trying to find balance, but it's just not happening. And you're trying to think of what other people need or what other people want. And instead, either you're being trod all over and resentment's coming up or frustration or vice versa. Um, I think I'm about to be attacked by a cat looking for geckos, which is a perfect example. Speaking of, of the sun opposite Libra, <laughs> opposite Mars. <laughs> oh, I can't see it. She's moving. But, yeah, so it's just this sense of being prepared for that fieriness and staying as cool, calm and collected as possible. I mean, I know the three of us on our different social media feeds have been offering insights and support around how to deal with this Mars retrograde. And I also think that on this day, because not only have we got Mars retrograde, but also Mercury stationing, there is this sense of feeling held back or not being able to think properly and say what you want to do and and just being really held in place and things being, you know, especially with the Mercury station, 
it's a bit of a chaotic day. Like you just don't know what's going to happen. And so having your plan Bs, making sure things are backed up and supported and looking at the house that this is happening in, I think emotionally as well with this Mercury retrograde, there is a sense with the Scorpio and the retrograde Mars ruling this of just such depth and intensity. So there may be these feelings of volcanic rumblings going on underneath and it's like, okay, what do I do with this? How do I deal with this? So my always suggestion with Mars is get active, do whatever you can, use a pillow punching bag, you know, do, but, but get it out, go for a run, go for a walk, um, but try not to bottle it up because that stuff can get toxic and then can come out in a way that you don't want it to. But, yeah, what about you, Cass? What are your thoughts? Yeah, one thing that really, analogy that really speaks to me about this these sort of combination of aspects with the um, Mars opposite the sun and uh, Mercury stationing retrograde in Mars's sign on the same day is we're at that halfway point in the Mars retrograde. And so it's almost like we're, you know, as Kel said, you know, halfway in this journey. But if we add that Scorpio element to it, I get this idea of like a Navy SEAL diver going on like this dangerous adventure and, you know, to unearth something, like whether that is, you know, some like military uh, artifact or some bomb, like a Mission Impossible type of vibe, right? And whenever you watch these movies and whether it's like the, the treasure or the secret diamond or the explosive bomb and then there's the screen that's like you've got to get, you know, rise to the surface in 30 seconds and save the world, like there's that vibe to it. And while there's kind of relief that you've got your hands on something, you've dived all the way down into the ocean or this big adventure, whatever the Mars retrograde story is for you, and it's like, great, I've got it, but oh shit, now I've got to actually rise back up. And that's probably more dangerous than the descent in a sense because you've got the the forbidden goods or, you know, the explosive device. Then you've got to come back up to the surface. So with the sun kind of shining light on all of that, it might give you like a clue or an insight to your next steps, but those steps can't really be taken until maybe mid-November. But you might yeah. be able to plan or strategize or go, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this thing. And the frustration might come because you can't do it yet or you can't do it now um, and you're held back or what have you. So it's almost like you might get some insight or awareness or revelation around what life might look like a month from now. So that's my idea about it anyway. Super interesting. Yeah. yeah it's definitely a more of a fractious type aspect. And I think the points around like Mars retrograde is really active by the sun, you know, putting that emphasis on it. And then Mercury goes retrograde in a sign ruled by Mars. <clears throat> and it does really create that sense of like thwarted effort or I don't have all the information to move forward just yet. It's got this mm. real sense of like trying to do things and getting annoyed by distractions or delays along the way. And yeah, Cass, when you're talking about like the diver, I was like, well, yeah, when you come back up from a deep dive, you've got to come up slowly so that you don't get the bends, basically. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Which is about pressure because yeah. you have to equalize pressure. You've got to manage pressure. the pressure. Yeah. 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 So it's not a day so, for quick moves or fast choices no. or anything. Yeah. Might be watching delays. Just going slow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or watching some Mission Impossible or Tom Cruise <laughs> or something. 
get the Olympus, get, I don't know why you want to hate me. Anyway, I'm singing on the podcast again. So it's a good soundtrack. <laughs> it's a good soundtrack, that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just, it's a – yeah. You go, Cal. I was going to say, just on the Mercury retro, Mercury is starting its retrograde 11 Scorpio on the 13th Mm -hmm. if you're in Canada and the US, the 14th if you're in Australia. And that Mercury retrograde lasts until November 3rd. Yep. The big day. Hmm. So just to let people know, the Mercury retro vibe is here for the next few weeks. Yep. That'll be um, revelatory. Yeah, I'm like Mercury and Scorpio. I'm like, just watch the stuff come up from the depths. You know, what is being uh, drawn back into the light that's been. What already has. And it's like even Mm. more. It's like we've only kind of seen the surface of what's really going on underneath. So it's like, how much more is going to well up? Makes me wonder if like someone or some organization or something has got that treasure and they're just slowly coming back up, making sure they're like doing all their fact checking or Mm. a little bit further investigating, crossing the T's, dotting the the I's. Yeah, the thing that's slowly coming up and boom, you know, this might be that aspect where that light gets shone on all the stuff that's kind of been brewing. a la Washington Post and Hiver Weinstein kind of stuff you're talking about. That would be perfect, Mercury and Scorpio and investigative reporting. Yeah, it doesn't seem to happen as much as it used to. So, yeah, it'd be good if we can get a bit more of the truth, which is like Mercury in Scorpio um, trying to find that. So moving uh, right ahead, I guess the next sort of aspect that we're just going to like mention, we're not going to really talk about it too much, that is the Sun square Pluto, and that's happening across 22 degrees Libra and Aries. So that's kind of going over the territory that, you know, other planets have you know, squared Pluto, and then the Sun will then do that with Saturn um, on the 18th, um, and that will be at 25 degrees of Libra and Aries, oh, sorry, Aries Capricorn. Uh, Libra Capricorn, <laughs> all this cardinal mess. It's just, uh, let's just call it cardinal. So we've got those two squares, uh, Sun, Pluto and Sun, Saturn sort of happening on the 15th and the 19th. So did any of you want to touch on that a little bit or we just wanted to kind of mention it and then talk about some of the other things going on through the fortnight? I mean, so there's so much to cover. Th- there, I know there's so much to cover. So I didn't necessarily want to like go into each aspect in depth, but I think it's important to understand the sun is in a little bit of a technically difficult condition in the sign of Libra Mm -hmm. to start with. And then from like a traditional or just looking at aspects between visible planets, between the sun opposing Mars on the 13th and the sun squaring Saturn on the 18th, the sun is really dealing with some very heavy, tough aspects. You know, the moon's going to kind of dance in and out and kind of break the tough aspects here and there. But for the most part, the sun is dealing with the, the, the traditional malefic planets in astrology. And the sun's doing that while being in this technically difficult fall placement. So I do have a little bit of caution about, you know, people feeling flat or feeling overburdened or dealing with an increase in stress or anxiety or worry for that period, October 13 to 18. And I think just whatever you don't have to do in that time frame, don't do. You know, if there's anything that you can delegate or step away from, I think self-care is going to be really critical. Now, I know some of us are going to be like, I've got to get this thing done. And yeah, I was talking to a client yesterday who, you know, uh, has this massive work deadline 
around the 20th of October. So the period leading up to it is just going to be them being crunched, you know, a little bit by these planets under the pump with the work deadline. So if you know you have something really pressing that you can't change or move, you know, just know that and do as much as you can to take care of yourself in that time frame. It's just, it's a really tricky part of the year for the sun. Um, and it's amplified by these aspects this year. And so just going gently if we can, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, um, Brené Brown was talking about one of her recent podcasts and she was referring to an article on surge capacity. And it's like really where we've maxed out our surge capacity with everything that's happened this year. So wherever you can to kind of just see yourself, okay, how, just how much can I cope with? Um, yeah. And, and putting the boundaries around that and knowing that we are all drained no matter what's happened this year, no matter what position you've been in, everybody's absolutely drained and exhausted. So just being really gentle with yourselves and and thinking like just what you were saying, Kel, how much mm. can I actually deal with um, what's actually possible and, and realising in the moment that some things that may seem really important actually aren't when you just say no to them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. So so that's just the general vibe. So, Cass, what is it that you want us to uh, dive into? What are you looking at next? <laughs> well, we do have a new moon as well in the midst of yes. these um, <laughs> these squares. So this is a bit of a like, yeah, this is an interesting new moon. Okay, so the details are uh, the 16th in the Northern Hemisphere and it falls on the 17th here in Australia. So it's at 23 degrees of Libra. So uh, the moon and the sun coming together in the midst of these two squares. So you know, generally speaking, the new moon in Libra is quite lovely, but this year it is literally sandwiched between Pluto and Saturn. So we do have um, a very busy uh, lunation. So would either of you girls like to talk about that a little bit more? Leish? Uh, Put your screen up there. Yeah, just to kind of this, I just wanted to show a visual representation because it's happening very like right on sunrise here in Australia um, on the East Coast. So, yeah, there's just that sense that I don't really think this is a new moon to be really setting a lot of fantastic intentions Agreed. around at mm. all. Um, this is a new moon to be really careful with. And if you are setting intentions, it might be around looking back on what you've learned this year, what you've dealt with this year and how to move forward with that. Um, giving yourself the space to just come to a, a type of equilibrium, really. And I think, you know, the fact that as you were pointing out, Kel, you know, really the sun and the moon are besieged in this position. You know, they're in mm -hmm. between Mars and Pluto and Saturn. So there is this feeling of not being able to escape or being trapped somewhere. You know, I always talk about besiegement, like between a rock and a hard place. So with this new moon, it's like, okay, I'm between this rock and a hard place. What is it like to be here? And how can I be settled in this place in a way that helps me just understand that I don't have to despair that there is hope, but this is just a phase that we're all going through. And to be able to be sitting with this energy and not necessarily feeling like I have to push back or I have to be in control. Um, so I just think the kind of intentions we're setting here are like 
understanding how much we've learned, where we've been, mm. what we've done and how we can then integrate that going forward so that we can move into the future in, in a better way with everything we've learned and not moving into a future where we forget everything because there has yeah. been a lot of change and we do need to remember that. And I know even talking to clients right now when I say, hey, do you remember what life was like back in February, what you were doing, who you were? I mean, I even think back to when we did our Water Trio event back in January, who I was and what I was then is so different to now. So it's just honouring that, honouring where we've been and just going, okay, you know, I'm just kind of giving it up and seeing what comes through. So I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. What about you gals? I like your point, Leash, about hope. So there's... This is a tough lunation. The besiegement is is real. Um, but if we look at the lunation ruler being Venus, you know, <laughs> she's obviously in her position of fall, but she's also applying to oppose Neptune. So, you know, this could either be like sweet oblivion or a delusion or, you know, a sense of like I'm in that rock or hard place, but if I hold on to a dream or if I hold on to a vision of the future that could be better or could be um, possible, then that might be like enough of a, like a sweetener, like a deal sweetener or negotiation to try and help get you through. And I think that this can also, if you think about just what the new moon and Libra can tend to set, like symbolizes like a reset in relationship or a reset around balance and what's fair. And so this, the Neptune, you know, piece there with Venus could maybe like help soften things that might be really hard from the besiegement. It could maybe um, help you turn an impossible dream into something solid with that hard work or determination or the grit. And you know, and that being said, we've also got this lunation is close to speaker, uh, a fixed star. And mm. so that might also lend a little bit more protection to the lunation or look, you know, you might get hit here, but this will be the benefit or the trade-off. And then it's, so it's kind of like, oh, all the cats are coming out. It's just cat central right now. <laughs> Crazy cat ladies. You can never get enough of it. Oh um, mine, are, mine are not even in the room. So, um, yeah, there's this idea that, yeah, you're in a tough bind, but there are a couple of things. <laughs> Sorry, Cass. That's okay. Well, you know, like. Oh, I my think, gosh. I think I've made my point. But <laughs> I, think, I think there can be this idea like, yeah, things are pretty like, you know, F-U-C-K'd, but there's also something quite good on the other side of the wall. And you've got, even though you may not be able to see what that is, keeping the hope or the dream alive. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a an intense kind of new moon. And mm-hmm. I do keep thinking about the sun and moon being square to Saturn, the sun and moon at 23 Libra squaring Saturn. And I get a lot of qualities like that extreme Saturnian kind of hermit contemplative vibe that sure, it's a new moon and, you know, you're thinking about intentions or looking ahead, but there is this real sense of like there has to be a bit of a pause and not just like a pause where you watch Netflix for four days. It feels like a pause where maybe you sit with yourself in the discomfort of doing that, whether it's meditation, whether it's some reflective journal writing, you know, that vibe of like 
feeling your feelings even when they're uncomfortable because I think there's some truths or some clarity. You know, I think Saturn is very clarifying and this feels like you can get a realization or a sense of knowingness, probably about yourself, but maybe about an external situation too. And yeah, Cass, the Venus opposite Neptune caught my eye, but also the Venus moving into a trine with Jupiter has mm. caught my eye as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I sort of feel like the besiegement or maltreatment of the sun and the moon, it's, you know, there's sort of, there's that. And so one part of your life, there is this real sense of the door is closed or I'm locked away from that, or there's a prevention or an inhibition, but then somewhere else, there's a sense of rediscovering um, a little hobby or outlet. Like I think I was messaging you girls the other week about, you know, I used to love cross stitch as a child. So I think I'm just going to, you know, try it again now, you know, since we have time and we just, you know, don't want to spend the whole weekend watching TV. So it's that, you know, Venus in Virgo has a real sense of like that technical craft sort of skill, not saying everybody has to take up an artsy crafty thing, but it might be a sense of, some simple pleasures in one or two areas of life with a real sense of delay holding. Like I'm trying to do some planning or thinking about 2021 and I almost can't even think beyond the next couple of weeks. It's like I'm just this sense of being held in place or staying in place, just that be here now and don't get, don't even let your mind get ahead of you if you like. And so that's where I think it's not your typical new moon because the new moon might be saying, I want to go forward and plan and anticipate and organize. But Saturn is kind of saying, whoa, let's just be here now. So Mm. it's very complex uh, set of uh, alignments. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I guess the one thing as well that I'd add is Again, this isn't new stuff. You know, this is mm. the same Saturn, the same Pluto stuff we've been dealing with for, for all year and then Mars into the mix, what we've been dealing with for months. So, you know, if, if listeners are kind of going, oh, what's going to come next? I don't think it's that there's anything new coming up. It's just getting deeper into this or understanding it more and, and giving that reflective space, like you so beautifully put, Kel, um, is helping us get our heads around it more and... and process it more um yeah that's all I wanted to add awesome cool so, so that's yeah the new that's moon. uh yeah that's a date for your diaries for sure so did anybody have the times on hand for those like obviously it's about 5 30 here in on the east coast will be 6 30 in the southern states um Kel- and that's on the 17th you- in Australia Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah I don't 16th. have the exact times, but I know it's on the 16th in Eastern time zone and okay. Pacific, like US Eastern. Um, yes. Cool. All right. So then after that lunation, uh, sort of like the Friday and Saturday over the weekend, there's you know a lot of happening. As I said, we're just kind of touching on a few of those highlights. And so one of the uh, next things we just wanted to touch on is that finally on the 22nd in the Northern Hemisphere and on the 23rd down here in Australia, uh, the sun moves into Scorpio. And so this is going to perhaps give us a little bit of relief or a little bit of a, um, a change of pace, um, a, a, just a downshift from that cardinal pressure. So the sun in Scorpio uh, is going to, you know, illuminate also the Mercury retrograde vibe. So did anybody want to talk about a little bit of a 
sun in Scorpio? Shall I start there? Since Go I for it. You're, yes. <laughs> you're qualified, Lee. This is your territory, my friend. And look, I never thought I'd be so excited for the sun to move out of Libra and into Scorpio. I mean, who knew I've really? I've said that so many times. I'm like, since when do we get excited about Scorpio season? <laughs> when the cardinal crunch is just insane. Yeah, totally. So it just, um, and look, <laughs> It is still ruled by that retrograde Mars, but it is definitely a breath and a relief. And I feel like it's almost like, you know, I remember when I used to do kickboxing and it was going into the shower afterwards and having that cold shower that kind of took the heat out of that battle that you'd be having. And it's that sense for this of, okay, it's a chance to cool down and get into a more reflective space. I think this adds to that energy of that new moon we were just talking about. But there is, look, Scorpio is deep. It's intense. It definitely wants to look under things. But remember that this is a water sign too. So there is a feeling of more stillness, of more quietness, getting out of that energised Libra energy there of just like, okay, how can I how can I chill? How can I calm down? How can I settle? And yes, it is likely to become more emotional. And I think that's a good thing. Um, I think we'll get some definite reality checks in this time. You know, as you were saying, this is adding into the Mercury and Scorpio vibe. So it'll be interesting to see what does filter up from the deep and what does lie under there. Um, but yeah, it's... Reggie's a perfect accompaniment for Scorpio season, given her <laughs> colouring. Yes, you can tell I've got a black familiar. Um, but yeah, I just I think one of the things I say regularly to my Scorpio clients, especially those with Scorpio Moon, is when it comes to emotional processing, imagine yourself like a seabird diving down, grabbing the fish, but bringing it back up. You know, a bird doesn't do well underwater. So coming back up into your natural environment to digest it and to process it, don't feel like you have to stay down and in the overwhelm, which can quite often happen because, you know, that scorpion likes to keep digging and digging and doing that um, scupio, as Sam Reynolds calls it. So don't dig yourself into a hole where you lose all perspective of where you are. So have a lifeline, call a friend, you have all those things available to you so that when you're in that space, you can keep the perspective of what's in the opposite, which is always the Taurus, the connection to the earth, the planet, being in the moment. So, yeah, that's my little bit of Scorpio inside information. <laughs> what do you guys <laughs> want to add? Well, I mean, for me, I'm quite happy for the sun to move out of Libra this year. I mean, I just, I sort of can't, I just would like, I'll explain that a little bit more clearly. There is a lot of heavy astrological aspects going on and having a planet in fall in the middle of it, like the sun in Libra, doesn't enhance stability or security or a sense of opportunity or support, if you like. And so, just to remove one of the compounding factors to the difficult uh, configurations, I think I'm happy 
for that to happen. Um, I also like the idea of the sun coming into a fixed sign where we can just maybe pause or that pace of intensity. I mean, intensity is such a Scorpio word, so I don't know if it becomes less intense, but maybe it's like the pace of it is just a little bit more um, manageable, for instance. It is going to bring the sun under rulership of Mars. So it's definitely not perfect. It's not without, you know, a different set of concerns and frustrations. Um, but just from a mood shift perspective, I think the sun in Libra period has been unusually intense. And we've seen just this extreme amount of volatility collectively since the sun moved into Libra around the 22nd of September. So just to have a chance to catch our breath from that. Um, I agree with all of what you're saying, Leash, around the sun in Scorpio. You know, it's deep, it's emotional, it's not necessarily comfortable and happy. And so I always think, not that the seasonal associations are everything, but Scorpio is in the Northern Hemisphere associated with autumn. And that is a time of transition. It's a time of letting things come to their natural end or conclusion. So that idea of, of like, cleansing or purifying um, does sort of ring true a little bit as we come into Scorpio season. Actually, that's a really good point, Kel, because in this time period with this Scorpio season is also when that Mars retrograde is going to end. So it's that idea of this is almost the decaying of everything that's been happening all year. Yes, like the leaves that grew on the 2020 trees are now going to come to the ground and can go back into the mulch and the soil and, and they can contribute, you know, in a different way. Hopefully to the bounty of all the joy that 2021 is going to bring. <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> yeah, save that for another show. Sorry, that was uh, a, that was a sarcastic Scorpio laugh, sorry. <laughs> Cass, what are your thoughts on the sun in Scorpio? I don't know if we heard from you on this. Two things. Um, to your uh, seasonal thing about um, the, the autumn and the transition and obviously the seasons are a little bit different down here. And yes. when <laughs> when I see, um, you know, I made a mention on uh, Instagram the other week, like people um, posting about their pumpkins and all of that. I'm like, oh, it just doesn't feel quite right down here. But um, that being said, like with your point, Leash, about the bird taking the fish and doing the deep dive, you know, for us coming back into spring, it's like the bird's coming back up. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, how we Good can point. kind of like, you know, how does the seasonal, you know, reversal as, you know, some people might call it, you know, that's sort of like how that vibe can come for us. And then, you know, in the um, immortal words of Eddie Vedder, he will, there's a song where he talks about after every winter there's a springtime ahead. And I think that's like such a, a powerful um, sort of line when you do feel like you're in the darkness and that there's no light at the end of the tunnel there always comes a spring and so you know if you are in the thick of things particularly in the northern hemisphere and the current climate you know maybe like you know look down on us here and you know spring does happen so that's you know maybe a little bit of joy I also like that at least the sun in Scorpio gives us something a little bit to concentrate on that isn't cardinal energy. Mm. And now what this might help us do a little bit is 
maybe bring a little bit of light or heat or drying out of the Mercury retrograde and Scorpio vibe now that they're coming together in the mm. same sign. So we might get a little bit more maybe like functionality in a sense around the Mercury retrograde. Like you might have be feeling like, you know, whether it's confusion or delay or deeper processing, it's like the sun comes in and lights up that same part of the sky and, oh, my God, I'm going to sing again. It's like, oop, there it is, you know, like that song. I think is it Will Smith or something? Is that who he does it? Whoops, oop, there it there is. there it is. Oop. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I, I don't know who it is, but you hear it sometimes. And so it might give you not only a clue to the Mercury retrograde but also the Mars piece. So mm. you wouldn't really call the sun in Scorpio illuminating in a sense, but it kind of might be this time. And I think that's something that's that'll be nice because, you know, just taking emphasis off the cardinal stuff will also be very pleasurable for many of us. So that's my ideas around that. Cool. Interesting. All righty. Okay. So we've just got to get through the sun in Libra and then sun in Scorpio season starts and it's just a totally different vibe. It yeah. sure will be. Yeah. So um, what have you girls got going on? Oh, in this so joyous period. <laughs> well, I'm actually taking a little bit of time off work to do some study and reflection. So I'm hoping to be doing <laughs> a lot. Scorpio. I have nothing to share or promote, I guess. I mean, I guess I probably should shout out to my monthly subscription, which is ongoing and always available, where I share all the astro details about every aspect each month. So the details for that are on my website, but not doing any new teaching in this time frame. What about you gals? Leishi? Um, I'll be doing my new moon magic workshop. So that's there as always. And, um, yeah, that will, does involve a live component. So it might be a little bit of handholding, a little bit of a, a circle to kind of share in and connect together. Um, so all the details for that will be on my website. Uh, yeah. By the time this episode goes to air. What about you, Cass? Me, I've got so much going on. Scorpio is my sixth house, so it's busy, busy, busy. Um, so one thing I can mention is that I think it's on the 3rd or the 4th of November, so it's not until our next fortnight, I'm speaking at the Breaking Down the Borders Astrology Conference. Oh, cool. fantastic. So, yeah, so that's, yep. um, uh, you know, run by Chris Turner, who's uh, uh, we had on one of our previous shows, and so we talked about that. So that's coming up. Um, yeah, so I just will probably put a little plug in for that. So my talk is going to be about, uh, combining transits and progression. And so layering those two techniques, which is something that, um, some people have a little bit of, you know, trouble grasping. So I'm going to be dealing with that in my presentation. So I'm really looking forward to that. There's a huge group of wonderful astrologers from all around the planet and uh, it's going to be a fun, fun weekend. So all the details, I think, is at Breaking Down the Borders. Is it .org maybe? The website, we'll put it in the show notes it's for astrology you anyway. Conference. It's astrologyconference.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. So thanks for that, Leash. You're okay. always... <laughs> I'm like the worst Gemini rising for details, honestly. But anyway, that's all happening. And so really looking forward to doing that. So that wraps up this fortnight for you. Uh, we hope you have a lovely new moon and, um, you know, 
put some comments down below. Uh, tell us about your experiences um, during this um, astrology period. And if you haven't already subscribed to our channel, please do that so you get notified each time a new episode comes out. Alrighty. Bye Thanks for now. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone.